welcome to the Purpose Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me as always is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. Here we are again. It is the past the middle of March. We're sitting out here on the front porch. The second day of spring. Yeah, enjoying a nice, bright, sunshiny day without rain. It looks like uh, things are starting to bloom. The grass that I planted is not coming up, <laughs> which is typical. <laughs> I don't have a green thumb. That's why I usually do the shrubs and the yard work. <laughs> I told our neighbor, I, uh, I, I usually end up killing our lawn every year. I'm just hopeful that the, this year I don't completely kill everything. So <laughs> that's about where, where we're at. Uh, we've been pretty busy the past few weeks. We had a little vacation, family vacation. Uh, we've been doing uh, things with the uh, preparation for the house that we're getting ready to uh, move to. Uh, well, this, start building. Well, yeah, that's a pretty big undertaking. Uh, so we have been away for a few weeks, so uh, sorry for the delay in our uh, the frequency of our uh, of our episodes, but here we are again, and we're glad to be back. Anything you want to say, Amy, before we get right to it? Mm, no. You're good? I'm good. You're good? No news to report about uh, our just, lives? <laughs> uh, just enjoying the beautiful weather while we can. Okay. Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about self-pity, and we've titled this episode The Self-Pity Trap. And uh, we have a theme verse, as we do every week, Colossians 3.15. Amy, go ahead and read that for us, if you would. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. All right. Uh, we'll say more about that verse here shortly. But let's begin our conversation by starting off with some questions. Uh, question one. How can we, how can we define self-pity. We're going to be talking about that throughout this episode, but in terms of defining it in the context of one standing for his or her marriage and facing a potential divorce, what would you say self-pity looks like or how would you describe it, Amy? Well, I mean, I think of it as like a sorrow for ourselves because we aren't getting what we're wanting or unmet fulfillment of what we believe we deserved or we're owed. Okay. Um, we also want to say it's, we, it could be defined as a sorrow for ourselves based on what we perceive to be deserving of, which is what you uh, alluded to there, uh, a deserving of unwanted burdens and or misfortune. And so when bad things, uh, trouble comes into our lives, we often think we don't deserve this. Right. Um, why is this happening to why me? Why is this happening to me? And of course, if you're standing for your marriage and you have a, a spouse who has left you, or maybe they have filed for divorce or they've already done this, 
of course those thoughts are going to come to your mind. You're going to be wondering why God allowed this to happen to you. And uh, what we need to guard against is focusing on that too much and um, just being sorrowful about it. And um, this is so important because as a, as a Christian, our calling is not to wallow in self-pity and, and misery. And um, if you are finding yourself in that situation, you're likely not being very productive. Right. Um, now, I would say that this could affect both the stander and the prodigal. And I'll speak to the stander's perspective in just a moment. Um, <clears throat> but, Amy, we have shared about how, as the prodigal, or did I, did I just mess this up? I'm the, you're the... I'm what the was prodigal. I? You're the prodigal. I was the standard. <laughs> I may have misspoke. Uh, I'll be speaking from the perspective of the standard, prodigal turned standard, and Amy was the standard turned prodigal. So it's been a long week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just apologize beforehand. Uh, but Amy, did you find yourself uh, when we were going through uh, what we did, ever wallowing in self-pity and, and feeling sorry for yourself, even though you were the one pursuing divorce? Yeah, I mean, I, I think before the divorce or before the separation, um, as, you know, I was this, I mean, if you can call it a standard during the marriage, I'm not sure that that's the term I would use, but during the marriage, you know, I often wondered why, Lord, aren't things changing and you know well, you I were just, doing a lot of the heavy lifting right the main maintaining attempting to maintain right and and keep things together but I, I think I also just I mean felt sorry for myself and in, in that period of time but I think that that also probably turned to some major bitterness towards you mm. in my life because I didn't see it as you know I, I want to continue praying for my husband and you know, maybe there are ways that I can do things differently that that would, you know, help our situation. So I think, you know, during during that time, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt sorry for myself. Look at all these women. They have amazing marriages and their husbands are so godly and they're leading their families the way that they should. Well, if you if you spend time on social media, you're going to get that impression. As I've right. said before, people... I call it Facebook. You may have made me heard me say that before because that's what people will do. They'll put, they'll put out you the representation said, of themselves. What did I say? You just said Facebook. <laughs> fake book. I call it fake book. Right, but it's I don't Facebook. think it is Facebook. But I think you said Facebook. Well, our or audience it understands. Like it. <laughs> I already apologized for. Yeah. So anyway, all my if flubs. you if you did, if you heard that like I did, he may have said it correctly, but I heard Facebook. And what he was saying was fake book. But you're exactly right. And I think also it's very dangerous. And the Bible really does um, speak to this, that we are not to compare ourselves to others. And we're not to look to our neighbors and covet what they have. And there are reasons for those things. And so anyway, back to the point, I did that, you know, coveted things that I did not have that turned to bitterness, and then I was just out to end the marriage and be done. So I think, though, once I, once we went through the separation and a divorce, it wasn't so much that I was feeling sorry for myself, but I 
did very much want others to feel sorry for me. Oh, poor pitiful Amy. Look at her. She's having to, you know, live on her own and take care of these three boys by herself. I mean, I really did recruit people to help, you know, make myself feel better. Um, and not necessarily to, <clears throat> excuse me, try to put you down or anything like that, but I just wanted people to feel sorry for me um, mm -hmm. so that, you know, they could pat me on the back and tell me I was doing such a great job because, I mean, I desired to be lifted up. Okay, so in a sense, you needed some type of affirmation to lift you up and maybe in the back of your mind, you knew that you weren't going to receive that affirmation from the Lord because what you were doing oh, was sinful. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm. I mean, but again, I, I would share only parts of stories to make it seem as if, mm. oh, poor pitiful Amy. And it's like, you know, if, if you knew the whole story, <laughs> they wouldn't be feel, feeling sorry for me. Um, my friends or, you know, even family. Um, I think we would but, call that fake news. Yeah, <laughs> the fake news and fake book. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all of those types of things. I didn't necessarily feel sorry for myself during that time, but I definitely wanted others to feel sorry for me and my terrible situation that I was in. Mm. So You got the next question for me? Well, I mean, don't we have that same question going to you? Yeah, and thank you. I, I'll tell you, probably right at the beginning, I was uh, sad for myself, but uh, that didn't last too long. I, I really, I don't feel that I really wallowed in self-pity much. If, if I was upset, it was because I was broken um, and uh, I had fallen under... Um, sorrow because of my sin. I mean, the Holy Spirit was convicting me, and I, and I knew uh, how I had um, horribly dropped the ball in our marriage, and um, I had been running from the Lord, and I had allowed so many things into my life, and so uh, my sadness was <laughs> really over um, how rebellious I had allowed my heart to become. Uh, there was also the fact that I, I saw what this was doing, and I was, I was sad for how, how I hurt you, and you know what our children would likely be going through. Uh, and I, I, I was, I, I didn't. Whenever I communicated um, my burdens to other people, I, I, I didn't do it. I didn't try to frame the situation as uh, one that I needed pity for. I just wanted people to pray for right. restoration and for both of our hearts to be healed. And so I think um, I was able to have that perspective largely because of the godly counsel that I was receiving. And um, the church we are both attending, I was continuing, I was continuing to attend back then. And Amy had, um, well, it's a, it's a, um, it's a church that uh, preaches the word of God. And so you know, if you're the prodigal, you're not going to want to hear that. Yeah, so I every went to Sunday. a different church. Yeah, right. and so I was being fed the truth uh, well, from the and, pulpit, and, and so that was helping. Yeah, and and I can speak to that and say that I never really saw you present yourself or your situation in a, a way that would, you know, 
inclined people to feel sorry for you in any way. I never really saw it. But I know you did see way. me as sad. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, 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 and probably even heartbroken. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course I saw that. But, but I will say that we do speak to um, a number of people. And we're doing this episode because we hear this often. And you can really go deep into a dark hole of self-pity and sorrow. And it's hard to work your way out of that at times. Well, you're not so. able to do that on your own. No, of course, right. you need help from the Lord. Right. Um, what do you have here for me? Next uh, question. What role should self-pity or sorrow for ourselves and circumstances play in the life of a believer? Well, I would, I would answer that by addressing the first part, self-pity. I... I wouldn't say there's really a role for self-pity in the life of a believer. Self-pity that just focuses on self and your circumstances and how you're not deserving of that. I don't right. think that's biblical. Well, but what it, is but that? It's, but it's, I mean, what is that called? That's selfishness. Well, it is selfishness. Right. And I think it also is rooted in pride. And, and pride tells you that you deserve better. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of sorrow, I, I do think... Uh, that is something real, and the Lord understands that we're going to be dealing with that. Well, and there's a place for godly uh, sorrow. Of course there is. Godly sorrow produces repent repentance, and you see examples all throughout Scripture of uh, people who have been involved in sin. I think of David and when he committed his sin with Bathsheba mm -hmm. and the sorrow uh, that he had to endure, and there were consequences as a result of his sin, of course. We've we've talked about that as well. Right. Um, but a another answer, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read this, and that is, while it is true we should take time to look inwardly at ourselves, we must remember that it should be in the context of examining our hearts to determine if it is in line with Christ and his will for our lives. And a great scripture that goes along with that is Psalm 22, or 26 to examine me, O Lord, and try me, test my mind and my heart. So, you know, when we're experiencing sorrow, we tend to um, look inwardly and we get very reclusive and uh, isolated oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And it's during those times that uh, we should be uh, having very intimate conversations with the Lord. As this verse says, um, the psalmist is uh, pleading with the Lord to examine and to try me, test my mind and heart. And that is to say, Lord, you're teaching me something here. I Maybe I have done wrong. How can I align my life with, uh, your, with your word and mm -hmm. your will? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my... That's one of my favorite verses. I mean, it wasn't always, <laughs> but it, that really is one of my favorite verses. And I think oftentimes we can look to others so often and point out what's going on in their lives, where they're sinning or wh what their downfalls are. Mm -hmm. But we often overlook ours. Um, but, you know, this verse right here talks about how, you know, God's word will he will show us. He tells us in his word, he will show us um, we need to ask. And sometimes we need to take that time and say, okay, you know, enough, enough with the self-pity, enough with focusing on how horribly wrong things have gone. Like, 
where can I work in my life so that I can have a closer relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, an unbiblical view of self can be defined as selfishness. And this emphasizes the pursuit of what we want and when we want it. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand that? And uh, again, I want to emphasize that when we look inwardly, if we are focusing on ourself, um, there is not a path there that leads to the Lord because there is nothing but wickedness inside of our, our lives and in our hearts. Um, and it's deceitful, and it will lead us down the wrong path. Right. Uh, as, as you will attest to, as you, um, your role in uh, the divorce and the, and the separation when you were listening to your heart and your desires, it wasn't taking you down the path that uh, led to repentance or to a closer walk with the Lord. No, it was taking you the opposite, the opposite di- direction. direction. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you shared that. It's not just, you know, a pursuit of what we want, but it's also often when we want it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, um, it was... You know, you're you're changing your life. God was actively changing your heart right as I said, okay, God, your time is done. You didn't work it in my time frame. And so I'm done with this, you know. And I could see little changes even in the very beginning. Um, And I just, you know, I said, time's up, you know. So I think Hmm. that that's a good point that you, you brought up there is, not just the pursuit of what we want, but when we want it. And, you know, God tells us so often in his word to be patient and to wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would challenge any of our listeners to, you know, go through scripture and just find all of the verses that tell you to wait versus the scriptures that tell you to hurry up and go. Because mm. <laughs> you're not really going to find that um, as often as when he tells us, you know, just to, to wait and pursue him in the meantime. Yeah, and, you know, as you were speaking, I'm, I'm reminded of some of the things that have been shared without us about circumstances that folks are going through. And one of the constant themes is seems to be a focus on what the other person is doing to them. Right and how that is affecting them and how much this is hurting. And I would say that a more godly and biblical perspective on that is to not worry so much about, you know, what they're attempting to do. And we've said it before, you, you cannot control uh, those things. Uh, but what you can do is you can uh, take what is happening as an opportunity to allow the Lord to speak uh, in a more personal level to you and, and help you grow uh, through the suffering that you're experiencing. Um, I, I remember many occasions where uh, you would say or, or do something and I would be deeply hurt and I would go to the Lord and I would say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? How should I view this situation? How should what I should, respond? What should my response be right. towards Amy? And uh, when, I, when I took that approach, I, I can tell you that uh, most often it would diffuse any potentially volatile situation and it would give me a greater sense of peace because I knew I was following the Lord and not the advice that my own heart was telling me. Right. Uh, 
You know, and that reminds me, you know, not long ago, Tommy and I were having a conversation with this gentleman and, you know, he just, he just kept asking why, you know, why is this happening? And why is, you know, my former spouse doing these things? And, and I mean, it got to the point where we had to say, well, because of sin, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, sometimes the answer truly is that simple. Well, when we say that, we want to be clear, not necessarily because of the sin that this person may have done. Right. We're talking about sin in general, the sin, the curse that um, afflicts all of us. Right. It, that is pervasive. Yeah. Right. And I mean, there is, we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. There is sin present. You can't always explain things. You can't always have an answer to everything and all of your questions. Sometimes you really do have to say, you know, Lord, I recognize I live in a fallen world. I can't do anything about this. So I'm going to completely give it over to you. Learn from this experience and try to have takeaways that I can apply to my life as I live in the future. Why does God bring trials into our lives if it, is, if it causes so many of us to be saddened, depressed, or continuously hurt? We have some scriptures that address that very question. And um, again, we don't want to just give our advice. We want to point you to where the real answers are. Right, right. Amy, why don't you share the first yeah, verse there? Yeah, I'll start. Um, Psalms 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. What is that? What does that verse mean? What is it talking about there? I mean, I, I see, try me and know my anxious thoughts. And what comes to my mind is, you know, Lord, I, I'm worrying. I'm concerned about things that are happening to me. Uh, but I want you to uh, see if I'm, when it says try me, I think, Lord, you're, you're testing me here. And you're wanting to see which way I'm going to go. Am I going to follow you or am I going to follow this path over here? Right. I mean, and also... Do you read it that, that the same way? Yeah. And also, I mean, we know that, you know, sin leads to destruction. And so, I mean, I think of that often. See if there be any hurtful way in me. Is is what I'm thinking, is what I'm doing, is how I'm perceiving this. Is it hurtful Is it or is it beneficial to me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are things that you want to ask yourself, too. And then it goes on to say, you know, basically put off what is hurtful and put on God's will. Lead me in the everlasting way. Lead me in the everlasting way. And the everlasting way is not one that comes from our sinful hearts. Right. 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 I mean, and it's the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Next verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know. That for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So no matter how desperate your situation is or how horrible your experiences might be at this moment, this is what God is saying to us, that those experiences, those he is working those together for good. And, you know, it, it, you might be in a situation where you're, you're going to be suffering your entire life. I mean, that, that is a possibility, right. suffering in this world. But again, 
we have to have a kingdom perspective and know that this, our lives here, this earth is temporal. Right. And that we have to be looking at the next life. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I, I do think, you know, and I should just say, this is kind of like a theme verse for my life. This is probably the most used verse um, by me in counseling. And it was used the most with me as I began counseling myself. And so I truly believe this verse, you know, and when you dissect it, it's like, well, God wants this good in my life. Well, he, but he doesn't want this good in my life. And I think a lot of times it's just how we think we have unbiblical thoughts. And this verse leads us back to God works all things for good, not just a few things. He works all things for the good. And so I think that it's really important um, that, that we recognize, too, that it's what he's doing according to his purpose. What's that last verse we have there? Uh, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, and you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And that's from James 1, 2 through 4. If someone is walking in steadfastness, can they also be wallowing in self-pity at the no. same time? <laughs> no. No. And so the, the answer here is that when these trials come, uh, the Lord is allowing them to come in order to strengthen us and to grow us and to produce steadfastness. Uh, and, and verse 4, and let this steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, mm -hmm. lacking in, in nothing. nothing. So, and that's key there, lacking in nothing. And when we are wallowing in self-pity, it's because we feel we are not getting what we need. We are lacking, right? right, right. Steadfastness says that we are lacking in nothing. Right. Um, well, when we make statements such as, it's not fair that I'm going through this, or I don't deserve to be treated this way, are we speaking biblically? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> according to Scripture, what we all really deserve is hell. I mean, mm. you Romans know. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin, sin is death. Is death right. right, right. So, I mean, I think, again, when we, and, and that's not to, you know, try to paint a broad picture of something that's, you know, somewhat morbid. I mean, it's not like we're saying you all deserve death. You know, it's, it's not that. But I mean, when we talk about what we deserve with a kingdom perspective, what we really do deserve is hell. And I mean, our ways lead again, lead to destruction. Mm. But that is why we have to, you know, put on the armor of God and make sure that we are fully protecting ourselves in every way so that, you know, we will know when these trials are coming how to fight against them. The Bible plainly states that we will suffer in this life right. if we are standing for Christ. And if you are standing for your marriage and honoring that commitment made between you, your spouse, and the Lord, and you are experiencing heartache right now, Christ shares in that suffering with you. Oh, I mean, right. that is persecution. And um, 
speaking in a more broader context, you know, as we see things continue to get crazier and crazier in this world that we live in, if you are a believer and you are standing firm in your faith, you are going to experience more persecution. Right, not uh, just for your marriage. I mean, that is, that is going to come. Uh, and the question is, what are you going to do when that persecution comes and arrives? Right. Um, and where will you turn mm -hmm. in the midst of that? So statements, it's not fair. I don't deserve this. There was another verse there, Revelation 21.8. It reads, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars... Their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And I included that verse because it speaks to those uh, who have turned away from Christ. And these are ones who uh, basically are rebelling against the Lord and what is in store for them. Basically sinners who have not been saved by grace. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what they are deserving of right here. So if you have received Christ and you are following Jesus, uh, you are promised deliverance from this, right, right? Right, And again, to your point, we will not be suffering forever. Mm -hmm. You know, this life is but a vapor, James states, and it really does go by quickly. But I think also if you have a biblical perspective on your situation and what you're going through, and you learn through the process, you are going to live in steadfastness. You know, you're not going to be lacking in anything. I heard a great analogy a couple years ago. It was from a guest speaker at our church, and he was talking about um, life uh, as a long piece of rope. Mm -hmm. uh, the story of our lives and how our time here on this earth represents just a tiny segment of that rope. And our perspectives while we're here on earth focus so much on, on the temporal and, and the suffering that we might be experiencing right now. And what we can't forget is we have all of eternity in front of us. And right. so if we, are to, if we are called to endure suffering uh, during our time here on this earth... Uh, the Bible says we're to consider it joy and allow the Lord to use it uh, to bring glory, glory to himself. Right. Yes. Right. So, well, that is a perfect segue into our last question. How can we change our perspectives so that the painful circumstances we are facing do not consume our hearts and lead us to a place where we're not being productive for the kingdom? Two great scriptures here. Second Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And the second one is Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that the testing you may discern what is the will of God, uh, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So... For that first verse, we read 2 Corinthians 10, 15. And as, as it relates to the question, how do we change our perspective? Well, basically, we have to believe the truth of Scripture and not listen to uh, the things that the world is telling us or the things that our hearts are telling us. If, um, 
if what we are thinking is not aligning with what Scripture says and clearly says, then we know that we have a problem and our perspectives won't change as long as we focus on self. So that's very clear, to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that includes, you know, the times where we're wallowing in self-pity and we have to say, no, I'm, I'm going to stop this. This is not honoring the Lord. This is focusing on me. I need to be focusing God on you. Right, absolutely. And, and also focus on praying for your circumstances and the situation that you're in, you know, that either God will allow there to be a change or that you yourself can, or that you yourself can do something that can, you know, help to change your perspective Mm -hmm. of how the circumstances are perceived. Yeah, they're in Romans 12 too, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and how are our minds renewed? They're renewed by uh, feasting on the Word of God and allowing God's truth to speak to our hearts and change our lives. Right, and and really to penetrate our minds. And I just, I think back to all of the reading and the journaling you were doing when we were going through our trials and how you would just have pages and pages of notes from scriptures that the Lord had used to speak to you. And I don't think that it's enough to just say, well, just read scripture, you know. And plus, I mean, how practical is that? You you, have to truly meditate. Yeah, you read on scripture, you meditate it, you you write the verses down, you study it, you you ask yourself questions as to how this relates to you and your circumstances. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I so I I think you know, it's not just going to happen. No, you know, <laughs> you can't just read a verse by flipping the switch. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to invest the time. You can't, you you can't often. Now, the Lord can do anything, but it's not often that. Oh, well, I'll just read this one verse, you know, of the day, and then something magical is going to happen. Yeah. You have to do the work and invest, you know, time, um, in in being proactive about transforming your mind. I mean, that's what transforming means. Like, and the Holy Spirit does that, but you have to work along with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. Well, we hope what we have shared today has been helpful and provides a a better and more biblically aligned perspective relating to self-pity and how we should view ourselves in light of our circumstances. Uh, If anyone out there has any specific questions about this topic or others we've discussed on our show, please feel free to contact us. Well, now is a time when we share prayer requests sent to us from our listening audience. Uh, We've got several we're going to be sharing today, and we hope those who do hear these spoken will remember and also lift them up before the Lord. Remember, if you have a request you'd like read on air, please email us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and be sure to put it put in the subject line on air prayer also on our website we have a link for on air prayer you can just fill out that form and it'll it'll essentially do the same thing uh amy why don't you start with our first one there from elizabeth gray okay yeah this is from elizabeth gray she says my husband left the marriage and has been out of the house for 20 months his brother unexpectedly and tragically died a traumatic death, and I believed it triggered a midlife crisis and allowed the enemy to enter 
his wounded heart. He isn't saved. So I pray that he turns to the Lord first. Uh, we have two small children, six and three. I am believing that the, uh, or I am believing the Lord to continue His work in me and for full restoration. Uh, his mother was diagnosed with a very rare form of brain and central nervous system lymphoma. She isn't saved either, so please pray for her. Um, and we'll just call her B. Mm-hmm. So if you could pray for B's salvation and for a miracle healing. They are starting treatment, but the prognosis isn't good. His father and brother also aren't saved. And so she's praying that the Lord uses all of this to bring uh, all of them to him and to restore their entire family. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for sharing that. That's a great perspective. She seems yes. to have here a lot, right? A lot of burdens there. She is uh, having to bear. Uh, this next one comes from Carla Tall. Uh, she writes, "My previous prayer request was that the Lord would save us from dis- from divorce. The Lord allowed it to go through this past summer, and I haven't even received the official documents in the mail before I got word that my husband D was marrying the other woman." I believed wholeheartedly that the Lord would intervene, preventing the divorce from going through and break up the ungodly relationship with the other person. It's so painful. Anguish might be a better word. Yet I know what the Lord has said to me continuously, continuously through his word and that he's calling me to stand even now. Lately, I've struggled in my quiet time like there's been a block there. It's been hard to pray and verses don't jump off the page to me as they were for three years and not as often. I know I need to be in the Word daily and in prayer because I need it more than ever. Please pray for me in this. I long to be faithful. And a couple of praises. The kids are still praying for their dad every day and asking God to change his heart and bring him home. The kids are 13, 12, and twin seven-year-olds. I'm so thankful to hear their sweet prayers even in their pain. It encourages me And I see the Lord is using this terrible circumstance to allow me to talk to the kids about the Lord. And Dee has changed towards me in a way where he was cold and distant and wouldn't talk to me. He is more kind to me and even reaches out to me in ways he didn't for three years. We have found some moments to laugh together, small moments for hugs, the ability to talk about more than just when to switch with the kids. Sometimes he finds reasons to come see me for a little Those moments are so precious to me, and I just pray for God to continue to destroy the barrier, to continue working in Derek's heart and life and bring repentance. I praise the Lord for all he has done so far and what he will do. Uh, Carla, thank you for uh, sending that prayer request to us. And again, we ask our listening audience to please lift her up in prayer. Uh, Amy, the next one. The next one comes from Kieran Wrigley. She says in her message, Tom and Amy, I'm so thankful for your podcasts. I found myself struggling a bit with despair at work today due to the circumstances my marriage and family are in. The first thing I did when finished work was pull up your experiencing growth through suffering talk. I knew I needed to be reminded that God is in control and that he is at work in me doing something magnificent. 
I want to be a new creation in Him. And if this is what it takes for God to get me there, I rejoice in my suffering. Thank you for your testimony. Every time I listen, my hope is restored or increased. God is using you in such a mighty way. Please continue to pray for our family of nine. Our third mediation was last week, and we are now headed to trial. I have this incredible, mysterious peace that all, by all worldly standards, makes no sense. Keeping myself focused in scripture, I'm following a Bible in a Year podcast, uh, reading through the Bible for the very first time in my life, uh, memorizing scripture, and she says that this is new to her, um, but what an incredible weapon against the lies of the enemy. Uh, This will get passed on to my children, no matter what the outcome of our marriage, thanks be to God. Listening to testimonies like yours, focusing on being very, very grateful and daily praying for Jeff and being able to surrender everything at the foot of Christ's cross are our Father's sweet gifts to me during this trial. The way you are using your gifts is evidence to me of the body of Christ. I can't thank you enough. And I look forward to your next episode, Kieran. Uh, Kieran, thank you. This has touched Amy's heart. She had trouble finishing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to put in perspective just the pain and suffering that people are going through. But if we can even, you know, be that light for one person and help them get through their day. I mean, praise be to God for all that he's done in our lives so that we can share that gift with others. So thank you, Kieran. And I mean, what a godly perspective she has in all of this. I Um, mean, right on, right on, right on. Yeah, I I think maybe she needs to do an episode for for us. You want to go on to the next one? Yeah. Uh, It's from Matthew. Uh, Matthew Huffman. Uh, Things were getting better with my wife, Misty. She was telling me she appreciated me off and on quite a bit and wanting to find somewhere to live together from October till December. About a month ago, she said she had a mental breakdown. She won't talk to me at all, no matter how, how I try. It's been... It's been trying to let her know I'm here for her and love her and want to help. I don't know where the house is to see if she's okay. She was active military, and it all started the same week as her first appointment. Uh, Please, I'd like prayers for my wife's mental healing. I don't know what is going on and why she's pushing me away so much. This summer, uh, it was wanting divorce, but this is different, but I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, um, Matthew's going through a, a really hard time, and part of the pain in being a stander is uh, that you don't know what's happening on the other side of the mountain, but it's uh, during these times that you really need to just trust the Lord yeah. because he's able to do what you can't do on your own. And, you know, I can really just hear his heart so much, like wanting to be there and to help in mm-hmm. every way. And sometimes 
you know, those opportunities are not offered to us. And that's where you have to turn to the Lord most and ask for him to intercede and to send people to her that can help her in a way that Matthew is not able to right now. Yeah, and also pray against the people who might be in her lives who, who are steering her in the in wrong, the wrong direction. direction. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this, another day, a beautiful day, Lord, that you have given us. Uh, we thank you for your, your, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, and your love. Uh, we're thankful that we're able to uh, minister in, in the way that we are right now, Lord. We're, we're thankful that you um, wrote our story and that you're uh, mm -hmm. equipping us to uh, help those who are in need right now. Lord, all of this is because of you and it's for your glory. Uh, Father, I pray for all these prayer requests that were mentioned. Lord, you know uh, each and every situation down to the most minuscule detail. Lord, I pray that you would uh, j just work in a way that only you can, Lord, that you would uh, bring peace and comfort to those who are suffering, Father, and that you, you would bring the right perspectives uh, to those who are struggling and hurting right now. Lord, may we, may we understand that uh, these trials we face, Lord, they are a means by and through which we are tested. And Lord, uh, in all of us, may uh, we just draw closer to you. Uh, Lord, as we close out this podcast, Lord, again, we are grateful for all the work that you have done and what you are continuing to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage, no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage. Thank you.